You know, I was thinking that in some ways the the word of God, the, the specific scripture readings for each Sunday in a church, they're like a beneficial pandemic in the sense that they start out infecting, we hope, the preacher, and then the preacher ends up spreading it to the congregation. And it takes time. You know, I, as the preacher, I'm the one who probably first knew the texts that I was going to use today. And so the infection began with me, uh, the work of the Spirit. And now as it is read and as you listen and as you pray and think, uh, that will now spread and go on, I hope, through this week and through this season as you hear the word of God. And I was thinking for me how that works is as I'm living with a text for several days or weeks, many things in my daily life remind me of that text, of the meaning of that word. And so it was today I woke up early in the dark and I was looking out and in the light of a street light I saw the light rain coming down on my trees and yard and I thought about the image of a watered garden which is in this text it's just an example of how we connect with the word of God in our daily lives when we live with it for several days when we're infected by it So I invite us to listen now for God's word, first from the prophet Jeremiah. This is the 31st chapter, and he's speaking words of hope. Shout for joy at the top of your lungs, Jacob. Announce the good news to the number one nation. Raise cheers, sing praises, say God has saved the people, saved Israel. And watch what comes next. I'll bring my people back from that country up north and gather them from all the ends of the earth. Gather all who have gone blind, those who are lame and limping. Gather pregnant women, even mothers whose birth pangs have already started. Bring them all back. Watch and come. They'll come weeping with joy as I take their hands and lead them. Lead them to fresh, flowing brooks. Lead them along smooth, uncluttered paths. Yes, it's because I'm Israel's father and Ephraim's my firstborn son. Hear this, nations. Broadcast this all over the world. The one who scattered Israel will gather Israel together again. And from now on, he'll keep a careful eye on them like a shepherd with his flock. I, God, will pay a stiff ransom price for Jacob, and I will free him from the grip of Babylonian bullies. The people will climb Zion's slopes shouting with joy. Grain and wine and oil, flocks of sheep, herds of cattle, their lives will be like a well-watered garden, never again left to dry up. 
Women will dance and be happy. Men will join in together and I'll convert their weeping into laughter, lavishing comfort, invading their grief with joy. I'll make sure that even their priests get three square meals a day. I like that. And my people will have more than enough. This is the word of the Lord from Jeremiah. What a vision. And now the the gospel lesson is from John, the first chapter known as the prologue to John. The word was first. The word present to God, God present to the word. The word was God in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life, and the life was the light to live by. The light life blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness couldn't put it out. The life light is the real thing. Every person entering life, he brings into light. He made there to be made them to be their true selves, their child of God being. And the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. No one has ever seen God, not so much as a glimpse. But this one-of-a-kind God expression, who exists at the very heart of the Father, has made him plain as day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today is the ninth day of Christmas. Did you know that? And as the song goes, what happens on the ninth day of Christmas? Remember, the eighth day was eight mills a making. That's a hint. Nine is nine dancers dancing, ladies dancing. Yes. So Wednesday is the twelfth day, or as Shakespeare would say, the twelfth night of Christmas. It's the day of Epiphany. Now we all know that Epiphany, the word Epiphany means a disclosure, an awakening, a revelation, a sudden awareness. In the Christian tradition, Epiphany is that day when we celebrate good news being made known to the whole world. The Magi come representing The Gentile world from far away, it's like the four corners of the world coming together to see Jesus. And so it's this wonderful celebration of the opening of the secret that Christ has come for the whole world. And the Sundays after this day of Epiphany are called, well, they're called the Sundays after Epiphany. Kind of of a letdown. Sorry. Uh, We don't even 
have the same number of Sundays after Epiphany every year. They, they kind of vary a little bit depending on when Ash Wednesday starts and it's all based on lunar things I don't understand. So let's just be honest. Here it is January 3rd. We're just so glad it's not 2020. We have been waiting for weeks for 2020 to be over. And we've all seen the memes and the, the jokes and the, the cartoons and the songs and the slogans that talk about how glad we are to be rid of 2020 and to start out with a new year. But beneath all of that humor and lightheartedness, uh, there is a real sense of how painful this past year has been. The incredible number of losses that have piled up, the number of deaths that we have seen, the fear and uncertainty and disruption that we all have lived with, the separations that we have had to endure. Now, we know there have been many benefits. We've seen incredible resilience, adaptation, perseverance, courage, caring, sacrifice. Wonderful gifts have emerged in 2020. But still, none of us want to go back. We are so glad to be in a new year. And so I brought this calendar. I brought a calendar of 2021, and it starts out with the last months of 2020, and we can turn the page, and now we're in 2021. Unfortunately, I think we all know that turning the page of a calendar doesn't necessarily guarantee anything will change. In fact, for Mary and Joseph, for the shepherds and the innkeepers and all those other people back then, this wasn't even a new year. See, back then, the rulers, the emperors of Rome, they would make the calendar kind of based on the, the tenure of their own administration. They marked time. Nowadays, we name uh, aircraft carriers and bridges after our rulers. But back then, they shaped the calendar by their rule to show how powerful they were. And so the Roman calendar had 10 months, 10, 30, 31-day months. And the New Year's Day was March 1st, named after the god Mars. And so this wasn't New Year's Day. In fact, this was during what we would call, see, the way they, if they only had 10, 30-day months, then what we still have some days left. And they, they didn't even name those days. It was just sort of this nameless winter season that varied in length. That's the season we're in now. It's this sort of kind of nondescript time where we're just trying to make it through we're done with Christmas, We've, we're waiting for spring, maybe we're looking forward to Easter, and you know, if you're really into it, maybe you're thinking about Lent, but really, this is just sort of 
a nameless time. For us, for the church that is, Epiphany really hasn't been a big deal, at least in our Presbyterian tradition. But you know, the early church celebrated Epiphany before it ever celebrated Christmas because it understood how important is this wonderful idea that God has disclosed the mystery of the ages in Christ, the good news for all the world. So what might we do with this season? Is it just going to be a lost season, a winter of survival and waiting for things to get better? I mean, my goodness, here we are in an almost empty sanctuary. We thought we had left these days behind. I certainly understand your deep disappointment, frustration, and fatigue with the fact that we have had to close our campus to in-person meetings again. We thought we were making progress. We thought we were moving in a good direction. We were starting to enjoy seeing each other's faces again. We were looking forward to some normalcy in 2021. Can't we just turn the page? Can't we hurry up and get vaccinated and just be back to the way things used to be? It's so hard to be back here without you. And I know how hard it is to continue to live with uncertainty and dislocation and that lack of fulfillment that our whole world is still struggling with. And so I would say to you, what will we do with this season? Will it be a lost epiphany? Perhaps the scriptures today can infect us. Jeremiah was spoken at a particular time to certain people who were struggling in a historical situation. And the promise of Jeremiah was that those who had been displaced and dislocated would be gathered together. That their journey home would not be dangerous and threatening like being in an overcrowded boat in the Mediterranean Sea or trying to cross a desert to get to a better place. No, this would be a safe journey marked by water, water stops and smooth sailing. This is a transformation from scarcity and hunger to prosperity and plenty, from mourning and sorrow to joy and gladness, from living in a wilderness to enjoying a watered garden. These are all the images of Jeremiah. He says that the people who once had an exodus, an outward journey, are now returning home. Those who once wandered in a desert for 40 years now have a straight path to come home. 
Those who once complained are now going to be singing and praising. Those who were thirsty will have plenty of water. Those who were entering an unknown promised land are now returning to an old familiar home. That's the vision of Jeremiah. Beyond the near-term struggle, Jeremiah sees beyond all judgment and sin and injustice, beyond the hollowness of our religion or our lack of love for our neighbor, Jeremiah sees a post-exile world where gardens are watered and fields are ripe for harvest and gratitude builds community. And the heart of his vision is based on this. God as an attentive, adoring father for his firstborn son. Now don't get caught up in the in the gender exclusivity of the image. What this image is bringing us is a promise of intimacy with the one who made us. Familiar closeness and connection like no other. Likewise, in the prologue of John, this impersonal light creator word expression becomes flesh becomes the beloved son the one and only beloved again this beautiful image of intimacy so the god who is disclosed to us in jesus is not aloof or protected or committed only up to a point he is intimately bound to us in love so that as we look at his life through the season of Epiphany, we can see that neither sickness nor demonic possession nor hunger nor personal guilt nor social rejection, no careers of injustice, even death itself, nothing can separate us from this intimate connection. So perhaps Epiphany can be a season for learning how to have more intimacy with God. When Isaac Newton saw the apple fall from the tree and he connected it to the same force that controlled the orbit of the moon around the earth, that wasn't just a sudden revelation, an epiphany, it was based on years of study, years of research and searching. When Dr. Mark Dennison came to understand how an RNA vaccine can work against the COVID virus, he had been studying viruses for 37 years. So yes, it was an, an epiphany, a disclosure, but it came to a prepared mind. And I would suggest that this season of Epiphany is a time to prepare our hearts, a time to move into greater intimacy with God. 
So what to do with all of our frustration, our ongoing pain, our struggle with where we are? If we could just turn the page on a calendar, maybe it would all be better. But I think the deliverance that God offers us, if we choose it, could be a movement from despair to trust, from blaming to gratitude, from negativity to joy, from doubt to faithful waiting. We can't put this on a calendar, but we can make time in epiphany for what may come to the prepared heart. What can Jesus show us about being a child of God? Maybe we can study his way of looking at the world this epiphany season. Maybe we can study his relationships. For his life is the light of the world. Amen.